0: so with the with the main preachers away you may be wondering what kind of preaching to get this morning one of the things that uh, you can't have because mark henley's away is a greek and hebrew sort of uh, um exposition because basically he's um not here i did learn a little bit of latin and greek in medical school um but i wasn't quite sure that was really going to get you very far um, it is a little, um, it's a little no, uh, muscle. It's the longest name for any muscle in any animal. Actually, one of the smallest muscles, a little muscle along the side of your nose. But I couldn't quite find a way of getting that theologically relevant. Um, so, <laughs> right. There you go, it's a visual of them. That is a very sad muscle. Hard to find a way of getting it into a service. So, I thought, okay. There are other types of preaching I could do. You may have come across this kind of preaching, which is, you know, slow down or die. Blunt, to the point. That's, I've come across those sort of sermons. Or there's this kind of sermon. <laughs> Caution, water on road during rain. It's what I call the blindingly obvious sermon, where you don't really learn very much. Or there's a kind of sermon where basically you don't really understand what on earth you're getting on about. You get bogged down in the, in the theology and just get tied up. I still wonder how they got out of that plane, but still. Carefully. Good point. But this is my kind of preaching. I came across this sign outside a grapevine um, kid's work tent. Don't forget to go to the toilet before your meeting. I think that's sound advice. So that's, a kind of, that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to... Um, Have a practical talk. Now, actually, the um, title of my talk was given to me by uh, a colleague of mine that actually works with Dave Carter as a GP, um, and also I work with him as a senior appraiser. Uh, He's not a Christian at all, but he was chatting to me and he said, You know what, you and Dave, you just strike me as sane Christians. And I thought, Well, that's an interesting thing to say. And it got me thinking about sane Christianity. The thing is, in the world, Christianity's got a little bit of a bad reputation. I don't know if you're aware of it. But they get stuck on people like this. The guy on the, on the left with his placard, uh, protesting about, well, pretty much everything according to that list. Doesn't seem to like anyone. Or the guy on, on, on your right, which is uh, Rob Bell, called Bullhorn Guy. You know, the kind of guy that does street preaching and basically yells at people about how sinful they are. Now, these generally are faithful Christians trying to do what they feel called to do by God. But the truth is, it's not a brilliant visual. Normally, the people are on the other side of the street trying to run away. But on the other, so that's one extreme, angry Christian. On the other extreme, you've got, you know, the Rowan Atkinson Christian, the sort of really inoffensive Christian, but equally really ineffective. Now, surely no one wants to be that kind of Christian. Well, actually, I was at a talk given by the chief nursing officer for the UK, so the second highest, um, second most authoritative nurse in the UK. And it was, she was a Christian. She was talking to Christians. And she said the way she felt that healthcare workers should demonstrate the Christianity was basically by being nice to their patients, to love them. That's really all they should do. They should just love them and be nice to them. The problem is, I know lots of people nicer than me. I know lots of Hindus nicer than me, lots of Muslims nicer than me, I know lots of atheists nicer than me. You know, being nice doesn't actually get you very far. It's not very effective. It's very inoffensive, but not very effective. But it does get even worse when you're facing the work situation. You know, there's all these worries. It's scary trying to talk about your faith at work, isn't it? I mean, basically, you know, you're worried. What if I get it wrong? What if I if someone gets insulted? You know, am I going to be shown the door? Am I going to be sacked? And, you know, that's even more true if you are in healthcare. And, you know, trouble does come sometimes. There was a nurse in 2016, a Christian nurse, who was fired for praying for patients. In 2012, a Kent-based GP was given a formal warning by the GMC for talking about his faith. Christianity in the dock. The fear of that, the fear of getting it wrong, of getting in trouble, can tend to make us want to go the other way. And we hide. We just don't really make our faith very clear. And the truth is, for about the first 15 years that I was a GP... Um, that's probably true of me as well I don't think my patients at the time would probably have known much difference between me and any other doctor they could have seen it was a bit like Trump I built this wall between my Christian world and my Sunday staff I was praying for healing and doing all sorts and my day to day work where it really didn't really show but that's not what we're called to in fact we sang about what we're called to just earlier on I don't know if you've come across this series um, I love it you had one job um, and there's some brilliant ones you know, I love the one you're the best teacher ever spelt grammatically wrong or made in the USA sign with made in China underneath or the yellow all you had to do is paint a yellow line a straight line I mean what was that? it's like yeah, I, don't know, I just fell asleep we were given one job by Jesus. In Matthew 28, it says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you. So what did he command us to do? Well, actually, that, that impromptu song was what we were commanded to do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One job. There's power in the name of Jesus. Heal the sick, raise the dead, free the captives, on earth as it is in heaven. See, Jesus didn't intend us to be nice, but ineffective. But equally, he didn't intend us to be Mr. Angry Christian and yell at people when they're running away from us. Because the truth is, Jesus was amazingly popular. Thousands upon thousands of people came to hear Him speak. And that was before the days of taxis and Ubers and that kind of thing. They had to walk. Thousands. But why did they do that? Because there was, He gave them good news. He made extraordinary changes in their lives. They wanted to see amazing things happen. And people haven't changed very much, in truth. People still like good news. Well, happiness strike next. If you're listening to the podcast, you need to Google man in coke machine and you'll see what they're talking about. But what you heard was joy and happiness. And people just... Being enraptured by a blessing, by something good happening. I love their strapline. Where will happen a strike next? Sane Christianity, being a sane Christian. Truth is not being a boring Christian. See, the thing is, when um, I asked him if I could talk about it, I said, when Johnty said, you know, you're sane Christians, she said, you know, Dave Carter is a really good GP he doesn't give antibiotics out to people that have got viruses he doesn't let them have drugs of addiction You know, he's a really good uh, GP, but the thing is he says, I prayed we laid hands on someone with brain cancer and he got better, he said I can't get my head around that and I don't know if you remember when Dave managed to break his leg but we both got ribbed by John he's saying, I thought you are supposed to be into healing why well, haven't you healed him yet and it was most put out because actually Dave was having to miss some work. He said, well, can't your God sort him out then? Because I could do in- with him back at work. <laughs> so he called us sane, but he knows we pray for healing. Sane Christianity is not boring Christianity. So the thing is, what does it look like? What does creating that Coke machine effect look like where you are? So I'm going to give you some examples from my own workplace. A little while ago, I was uh, working and one of my secretaries um, had an illness which uh, caused inflammation in her liver and her gallbladder. And she said, "Yeah, I just feel rough. And everyone, you know, she really was rough. And, you know, she was my employee. I was conscious of that, you know, power relationship thing. So I just um, said, look, you know, if ever I can pray for you, you know, see miracles all the time. If ever... I could pray for you, just let me know. And left it at that. And then one day I was um, in the middle of a surgery and my printing toner had run out. So I had to dash into the office to grab a new toner. And I was running late, I had a patient sitting in my room and she just said, I could really do with you praying for me, I feel really rubbish. So I'm thinking, right, um, and it's one of those moments I'm going to have to, you know, I need to do it now. So, you know, I didn't have the half hour worship set to get me in the zone. You know, I, I couldn't sit there. and just gonna wait on God just a minute. Oh, it's coming. Wait. You know, I've got a patient sitting in my room. I've got to sort out my toner. So, I, you know, I did a Jesus prayer. You know, just in the name of Jesus, be healed. Liver inflammation, go now. Now, i tell you it was quick because I was running late. I grabbed my toner, went back to work, and that was that. That was just before Christmas. After Christmas, I had a little note, a little card in my in-tray. And it was from her. And she said, I feel so much better. I feel really good. Two months later, she went to see a specialist. And the specialist said, you're not going to believe this, but your liver tests are better. (laughs) Six months after that, he said, it's gone. You're cured. You're healed. (laughs) Now, that slide is up there to remind me of the butts. So, So you may say... But that's just you. That's easy for you to say. You know, you're that kind of personality. You could do that kind of thing. But I've already said to you that for the first 15-odd years of my Christian life, I didn't do that. I never prayed for a patient. I was, you know, your chameleon. I blended in. And then what happened was, in about 2005, I was part of the Vineyard Church then, and there was a leadership conference I was at, and they were doing this thing about trying to find people who, you know to pray for healing and god just said to me you don't need to go find them they queue outside your door they actually ask permission to come in you are kind of beating them back with a stick and he just challenged me then to say i want you to do monday to friday what you're happy to do on sunday i want you to take me to work and, you know, during the course of the conference, over and over, I just felt God just challenge me to say, I want you to do Monday to Friday what you're happy to do on a Sunday. So I kept going forward. I kept saying to God, All right, I'm going to. And I came away from that conference thinking, Well, how on earth am I going to do that? How do you do that? And so what I'm going to do now quickly is just take you through that process that I went through. Now you might think, But it's really scary when you do it in a work setting and it may not be a work setting for you it may be at the nursery or it may be at Tumbletots, or it may be outside the school playground when you're just standing there with your, with the mums you know it doesn't have to be in a work setting if you don't work you know emily smith told a story a while ago about with a delivery driver you know it may not may not be a work setting but it, you may think but it's scary and the truth is sometimes it is Sometime back when I just started doing this thing, I was in a meeting with a very senior GP who could have very easily ruined my career. And using my amazing powers of medical judgment, plus the fact she couldn't sit still for five minutes, I determined that she had a bad back. And through the whole of this meeting, I felt God say, I want you to pray for her, I was going, but I don't want to pray for her. I said, no, I want you to pray for her. But no, I really don't want to pray for her. She's, she's quite powerful and quite significant. I really, really don't want to pray for her. And this was basically going on through the entire meeting. Not out loud, obviously. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the meeting, I just thought, oh, right then. So, you know, I, I, took, I asked her some questions said, look, you know, could I pray for you in so much discomfort? and I think honestly she was in so much pain if I'd offered to hit her in the head with seaweed she would have gone for that she was just in so much discomfort so I prayed for her and her pain went and then two weeks later she contacted me saying look do you know what that pain's back Can can you pray again so I met up with her again and I prayed for her again and the pain went again and it started a process and not long thereafter I led her to Jesus but You think, but it's scary. You know, what if they don't want to pray for you? What if they feel pressured? What if they get into trouble? Well, the truth is, actually, to begin with, you don't actually have to pray. If you've ever heard Dave Foggan or Sasha talk about their experiences, they just leak. And you can just bring the kingdom, carry what you've got today, and leak it into the environment around you. You don't have to pray for someone. I remember Dave Foggan... if you actually want to hear Dave or Sasha, come to Kingdom Culture. They both speak at it. It's amazing. But last week, he was just talking a story. He was going to Sainsbury's, and he was in a rush, and he had to get some stuff for his kids. So he got out of the car, and you know those um screenwash people? Say, you know, do you want to do you want to wash your car? I said, no, I'm sorry, I've got no time. And he said, actually, God's just healing your left leg right now. And, and the guy goes, oh, yeah, it's better. He goes, yeah, bless you, Jesus. And on he went. You know, he didn't pray for him. He just released the kingdom around him so you don't have to pray but sometimes if you're willing to sometimes you want to share with someone the fact that you care about them and you want to make a difference for them you know if you're willing to take that step you can do the most amazing things in jesus name i had a guy um again give me permission all the stories about patients i always have their permission Uh, I'll call him Robert. It was was a summer a while ago and it it was the end of the surgery. I was finished, I was hot, I was tired and I wanted to go home. And um, and the receptionist said, Robert's at the window and he wants to see you. And I was going, oh, I really don't want to see him. But I thought, he's had troubles, I better find out how he's doing. So I asked him to come in. And he said, I shouldn't be here. And I was thinking, no, you're right, you really, really shouldn't. (laughs) And he said, last night I went to a private I went to a quiet place in my car. I drank a bottle of whiskey. I attached a hose to my exhaust pipe and I turned the engine on. And I felt myself dying. And I said, what happened? He said, well, while I was asleep, I ran out of petrol. (laughs) Now, he was in bits. So I did what I needed to do medically, which is get him admitted. But over the course of time afterwards, I managed to talk to him about Jesus and peace and in the end i had the pleasure of leading him to christ all because i was willing to bring jesus to work so let me introduce you a verse i discovered fairly fairly along my journey when i was thinking, how do you do this and this is a brilliant verse 1 peter 3:15. always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have but do this with gentleness and respect Always be prepared to give an answer. The clue is there that someone's asked you or given you permission. And do this with gentleness and respect. That was the problem with the with the GP. He was disciplined because they, the patient felt pressured. He didn't want the conversation. He wasn't gentle. That was the problem with the nurse. She'd actually been taken to a meeting and was formally asked to stop praying for patients and she signed a declaration to say she wouldn't do it and then she did it again she broke her word. she wasn't respectful for those in authority over her do it with gentleness and respect but what does that look like when you're talking to a colleague or a boss or a co-worker or a mum that you know that you meet at the, the school or tumble tots. We're not talking about a friend, someone in, you you know you, you talk to lots of times, but someone where just you know you can see there's they're something that they're uncom- uncomfortable about. Well, I strongly urge you to get in the habit to ask some questions. My favourite question is, do you have any kind of faith or religious beliefs? It's a really good question because if they say no, it's unlikely. That they're going to be interested in a conversation about faith. Now, actually, 60-odd percent, 60-70% of the population have some kind of faith or will say something like, well, I like to think there's a God or something like that. And actually, the older you are, the more likely you are to have a faith. If you're about 65% of the over 65s, about 75% of the over-75s will have a faith. But if you're under 20, it's highly unlikely they will have a faith. So ask a question. And then I will say, would you be interested in something from my personal life that might be helpful to you? Now, a lot of people are curious, curious now. They want to know, well, well, what is it? Now, as I say, if you're dealing with a friend, that's a, you wouldn't be doing that with a friend who's not a Christian. But if there's someone that you just don't really know that well, and an authority figure, either you're an authority over them or they're an authority over you, or your job brings you in contact with the public, or something, you know, like with me, with patients. They are good questions to ask. So if they say, "Well, yeah, well, what is it?" I'll then add a third point because I need to highlight I'm now moving it into a faith area. So I'll say, "I'm a Christian, and I wonder if something for my faith life might be helpful. Do you to hear about it? Would you be interested?" Now often they're curious, and so they'll say, "Yes." But if they say, do you know what, that's not my thing, I'll just say, fine, and I'll move on. No pressure, gentleness and respect. That's what stops you getting in trouble with your bosses. It's informed consent. I asked, they were interested, so I carried on. If they weren't interested, I stopped. In 15 years of doing this, I have never had a complaint. Ever. Because if someone doesn't want to hear it, they just say, do you know what? Not my thing. Now, we can also be a bit fixated about the whole healing thing. It's almost like that's the only thing God does out there in the real world. But actually, God can give you some other way of speaking to them, something else that is a blessing. A patient of mine a while ago was happy for me to share this story. She had a very troubled life and she tried to kill herself. And one of my partners was in a meeting and he said, do you know what she said to me? All I want is someone to love me. And he said in this meeting, that's exactly what she needs and exactly what Metton isn't going to give her. So I just asked God, I really would like to meet this woman. And lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, I realized that I was dealing with her. And so we did the things we needed to do medically and then I took her through the, you know, the questions. And she was curious, so she wanted to know what I had to say. And at that point in time, I didn't have anything to say. But as soon as I asked it, a picture came into my mind of a, of a white horse. Now again, I haven't got 15 minutes to s- look through the Bible and see if there's any you know, white horse mentions or I can't wait on to play a quick worship CD to, you know. And I was waiting to see, I you know, waited briefly so he said, "It's got to give me something more. You know, sometimes when you get something, you pull on it, see so if give given nothing, just a white horse. So I do what I always do in those sort of situations. I ask the question. So I just said, does a horse mean anything to you? And she said, what color? I (laughs) thought, "Now, now we're getting somewhere. So I said, I saw a white horse. What does a white horse mean to you? And she welled up and said, that's my only happy memory. I was crossing a field and this white horse came up to me and I stood in the field and I stroked its neck and it was, muzzled, it was um, nuzzling me. And we spent you know, just a time doing that. And I just, it was just my only happy memory. So I was able to say to her, the God of love who loves you infinitely brought the only happy moment to my mind so I could tell you that he knows you and he cares for you. So it doesn't have to be a thing for healing. It can be anything. All achieved by asking some simple questions. But if it is a healing thing that you're going to do, I, I, I say something else. Because you need to help them. So I would say, I'm part of a church where we see miracles all the time. How would you feel if I prayed for you? Now, sometimes they'll just go, yeah. That would be really nice. In fact, I had one patient came to me and said, "Can you pray for me? I know you pray for patients." Yeah, that's fine. I'm happy to. Then she got up and left. You see, when we talk about um, when we talk about praying for healing, we think about this, don't we? The laying on of hands, you know, the back of the church. You know, that's that's what we think praying for healing is. But to the vast majority of people, when you pray for healing, they think you're going off to bed at night on your knees and put your hands together. That's what they think praying is. So when she said, "Can you pray for me?", she didn't think there was any value in her being in the room. So you have to explain a little bit because they they just don't know what the rules are. They don't know what the official legal the position for praying is. You know, as this bishop is demonstrating. You know, eyes closed, hands out in a receiving. But that, that's the official legal position for receiving prayer. But the problem is if they're not church and they don't know what to do, they're more likely to just (laughs) stare at you because they're curious. What are you going to do? What's this God thing? So I just take them through the process and say, look, would it be okay for me to pray for you? Would it be okay for me to pray for you while you're here in this room? Because people don't expect it. And actually, a few times people have said, "Can you do it when I'm i 'm gone?" absolutely fine, but if they if 're happy for you to do it in the room, I say look i 'm going to invite God into your life and do something amazing for you it 's like a gift. Some people like to be like, like they 're going to get a gift. they like to close their eyes and put their hands out as if they 're receiving something you don 't have to if you want to keep your eyes open, so you want up to that 's entirely fine and i 'm going to pray quick, partly because i 'm on the clock and I haven't got long but because actually they're going to get bored and they're going to get restless so I just tell them it won't be very long and you know when I'm done because I'm going to say amen because the other thing is they don't know when you're stopping either they don't know the rules so you know I'm finished I'm going to say amen it sounds old fashioned but it's a signal that everyone knows amen finishes a prayer so then I pray if they are someone that's a boss or a colleague someone you're not really familiar with don't touch them. They're not used to you suddenly reaching out and going, shut my door, They're not used to it. So don't do it. You know, if it feels appropriate, you can say, would it be okay if I just laid a hand on your forearm? And for me, I, I, if I do get permission, I prefer it because actually quite often I get things from God that way. But if I don't need to, if I, if I can't, I don't. But then just pray. prayer, short prayer. Jesus' prayers were all short. Just make it quick. So I put this slide in to remind me, just to to say to you, to be alert for opportunities. Sickness and disease is all around you. Suffering and pain is all around you. The Coke opportunity is all around you. Whether you're waiting for your kids with, with other mothers, whether you're in tumble tots, whether you're an employee or an employer, Whether you get a delivery guy coming to your house. Opportunities to see people in distress. Opportunities to give them blessing are all around you. Just stay alert to it. Always be prepared. I had a patient, and I phoned this week to see if I could talk about her. And uh, she was really struggling with anxiety. And medically, we couldn't sort her out. We just couldn't find a way of getting her peaceful. So I offered to pray for her, and she felt amazing peace. And I prayed for her. So she started coming to here at Eastgate. And she used to find amazing peace when she came here at Eastgate. In fact, she found so much peace. Her a non-Christian husband, she wasn't Christian either, but her non-Christian husband used to tell her to go to church. <laughs> because of the impact it had on her. Which is amazing. And then, you know, I had, she went on a course that um, Kim ran. And then I had the opportunity to talk to her and I led her to Christ. And that is her baptism photo. Not here, because she goes to a local church somewhere else. But that is her being baptized. All because I asked a few simple questions. So my challenge to you is take God with you during the week. And just ask them. Do you have any kind of faith or religious beliefs? Would it be okay if I share something from my own personal life? I'm actually part of a church and we see amazing miracles. How would you feel if I prayed for you? How would you feel if I prayed for you now while you're here? It's astonishing the things I've seen God do. I can only tell you the stuff I've got permission to tell. But it's astonishing what that can do to the people around you. One job. Not one job. So what I wanted to do um, is just end... And speak to the people who um, who know that they've been a bit like me, a bit chameleon-like in their day-to-day life. John Wimber once said, if you had any Christians in his family, they never broke cover. <laughs> and it might be the same for you in your workplace or with your friends or colleagues. You've never really broken cover. And maybe like me, you just feel that tug. God saying, come on, you know. As that lady sang earlier on, power in the name of Jesus. Take it for a ride. See what you can do. So we wanted to end by giving you an opportunity to make a public decoration. You see, it's scary when you're on your own. and not surrounded by 80 to 100 people. You know, when you're with your boss or your colleague and there hasn't been a worship set and there hasn't been everyone around you cheering you on. It's just you. And just them. So I wanted to give you an opportunity, if you wanted to, to come forward. Just to walk to the front of the church, in front of these people, and say, do you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to make a difference. I want to make a declaration that I'll remember and say, I'm taking you to, to work today, God. We're not going to have bands playing, and we're not going to have, um, you know, a rousing hallelujah chorus, because... At work, you're not going to get those. So if you want to make a statement, say, this is going to be me, I'm just going to invite you to come up now. So God is jumping up and down for joy right now. He's just so excited. He's just so excited. Father God is just so, so excited about what you're doing right now. And he sees you. So all we're going to do is I'm just going to play a bless, pray a blessing over you. And then just going to ask God to do business with you. Because he sees your heart. So Father God, I want to thank you for these people. See what they are standing here to do. To say, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. I take you, Father God, into my workplace, into my schoolyard, into my tumble tots. I take you with me every day. Grant me courage. Grant me power. Grant me authority. And let's have an amazing game. So I just release the Holy Spirit on you right now in Jesus' name. His power, his authority, his might. There is power in Jesus' name. Take it with you. And just share it. Because there's always more. Amen. Bless you. Give them a big round of applause. Come on. Those of you who got...